to another episode of Not Your Average Nezens. This is Ash, and I am coming to you for another week of K-pop goodness with my two of my trusty podcasters who are here today. That would be Nat. Hello. And Jimin. Hello. And they're here today to help me get the news and opinions to you. And I guess what I'll do is I'll kind of start off with um, what what have you guys been listening to the past week? And so (laughs) I have been listening to a lot of um, like, I think I've mentioned this before on Apple Music. They have like this station that is basically customized for you i guess they just do the algorithm and it picks songs that you already have in your library but also songs that are similar or um maybe from artists that if you like the song they'll suggest other songs so it's like a really cool way to get a mix of songs that you like but also like to introduce you to new music and new artists and stuff like that so i've been listening to that it's like super relaxing especially during the day when there's like so much heavy news on and you know all these really bad things are happening it's really good to sort of like divest i think or like check out of the internet and sort of just like have you know feel good music playing in the background so i've been listening to that and i've been listening to in terms of k-pop uh i did listen to the new super junior album well not all of it i listened to some of it I've been listening to, um, hold on, let me pull up. I've been listening to some twice uh, because I realized I maybe forgot, but they had the English version of more and more. So then that sort of set off like a twice spiral. <laughs> I've listened to some Crystal K who's actually not K-pop, but J-pop. She's like a biracial Japanese, like R&B pop artist. Um, but her stuff just dropped on Apple Music. So I've been listening to her. I've been listening to like the new Wanho and um, the new Rain and Jackson and, you know, just got seven in general, I think. <laughs> uh, and uh, not going to lie, the new Justin Bieber sounds really good so far. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and just shiny. I've been still been listening to Don't Call Me because I still think that's like the strongest mini or you know, album, whatever that's dropped this year. So that's what I've been listening to. Um, I haven't really been listening to much of anything, to be honest. Um, I think what I have been listening to has been like nostalgic stuff, just stuff from a long time ago in my childhood, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I I think part of it is because um, the other day I was thinking about singers who are kind of extra, like when they sing. And there's a song um, called by the Cheetah Girls and uh, it's called Amigas Cheek Cheetahs. <laughs> and Adrian by law, she starts off the song and she is so extra. She's like, no matter where. <laughs> she's like doing all of the runs and everything. And I'm like, Adrian, chill. And she's like this in like every Cheetah Girl song. I'm like, it's literally it's literally a Disney song. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're literally a cheetah girl. (laughs) Like, stop. (laughs) But I think it kind of sparked like a spiral of getting into like nostalgic stuff, Jonas Brothers, um, Ali and AJ, that kind of stuff. But I really, like I said, I didn't really listen to it much. Um, 
other than that, like in terms of K-pop, it's mostly been, um, I do not know the English version of this. Oh, Way Home. Way Home by um, Tomorrow by Together. So uh, that's really it. <laughs> what about you, Ash? Uh, as far as for me, um, I haven't really been listening to a lot of music lately. Podcasts have been more of my game, but um, I have been listening to, um, I have kind of one of those curated lists by like YouTube, you know, they take your music and do the algorithm thing and figure out like, you know, what you might pick and what you might listen to from that. Um, so I have like my K-pop, like different K-pop lists. They're like curated for me. And so I've been listening to a lot of like old K-pop stuff, like Big Bang and Sistar and, you know, in black and like, you know, groups like that. And then like some of the newer stuff too. So yeah, that's pretty much, you know, pretty much where my, most of my music has been coming from. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else uh, to mention, then I will get right into our news. First off, all the comebacks and debuts for this month. Uh, we have Rose on the ground. CLC um, will release a digital single on the 23rd of March. Um, Kong Daniel is teasing something for the 13th of April. Uh, we have NCT Wavy with Kickback, Jesse with What Type of X, Mirei with Killa, um, they're a new DSP group, Chunga and Guiana, Guiana. I'm not sure how to say that, but um, it's Demente Spanish version MV. Um, Super Junior, House Party, from their new album, The Renaissance. Drippin' uh, has Young Blood, um, their new woolen group. Uh, Purple Kiss by Ponzona. It's um, a new group formed by RBW's uh, groups Mamamoo and Pentagon has Do or Not Come Back, and Icon has their comeback, Why, Why, Why. So what comebacks of these did you guys see? Um, are you anticipating from some that haven't happened yet? Um, what was your opinion of the ones that you Particularly curious about uh, Rosé, um, what you guys thought about what she had to bring with her. Uh, okay, so I'll go. <laughs> uh, so I actually liked On the Ground. It's not a big surprise. Uh, I did worry that at first when I heard that she was getting a solo, that it was going to be a bit boring. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, because she's she is like very much a singer-songwriter. Like That's her vibe. Um, and I'm 
I know I wasn't really sure if, you know, I think you have to be really eloquent and I think you have to be someone with a, a lot of natural charisma and like Rosé to me doesn't really stand out in the group as much. So uh, it would have, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I listened to it and it's a really, really, really good pop song. Um, I mean, it's really strange how like the two songs that she came out with, they're like really short um, songs. And I mean, the music video itself is very pretty. The song it's on the ground is, it's a, it's a solid pop song, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it'll stand the test of time, you know, like, especially with the other solo songs we've gotten so far this year, like tail and, um, bicycle, bicycle, which was, um, Chunga's song and tail from Sunmi. Um, and there's another, and Huna, not, not the, the actual comeback, but good girl, I think was the, like, b-side and that was i think that was originally supposed to be the song she was going to drop and that's like really a really good song um but i don't i don't think it's it's up with those songs personally like no shade i really did enjoy on the ground but it just there's something missing from it even the hook and things like that like they were cute and they were catchy but like it didn't really grab me um, the same way and like even with Sunmi's tail like I was kind of like mm, it's missing the it factor but like the choreography at least will you know grab you and take hold and you know um, the concept itself is really really stunning but like with Rosé it's just I don't know something was definitely missing in that regard for me uh, in terms of I listened to Kickback by Wavy um <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it might grow on me. I mean, Wavy generally does. So we'll see. Uh, I saw the MV, What Type of X by Jessie. It's actually not a bad song. Uh, normally with her stuff, it's a bit too tryhard personally, but this was cute. I mean, I'm not going to look for it, but if it comes on, I'm definitely not going to turn it off. The Chunga Spanish is really good in Demente. I... I mean, really, that's all I have to say. It's it's like basically a, just a Spanish version of a song that she has. So it, it's cute. Her Spanish sounds pretty good, to be quite honest. Uh, Super Junior's House Party. Um, so <laughs> the song itself isn't bad, but it has a trap breakdown in the near the end of the song. And it just was so unnecessary it was i don't know I, I think they did it because they wanted to show that they're hip and cool with the kids but it it was a bad idea <laughs> and then on top of that the song itself is like a psa to wear your mask and to have a house party but safe so it is the whole thing was crazy weird for me and then on top of that dungy had the braids a song that's like going around on twitter where it's like these people are like rapping uh, aggressively about COVID-19 and like <laughs> I didn't know that was Super Junior that's too funny yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so their song is literally a PSA that has a trap breakdown where they're shooting each other and, and shooting fire out of a gun it's so weird like I don't understand anything that's going on in it but it's actually like Super Junior has a skill and that skill is that they are weird. So, um, and they, you know, at least they know how to entertain in that really random way. Like, they're not here to be basic. 
even if they're doing it wrong, they want to make sure that they make a statement. And I think that Super Junior has its own talent in that regard. Uh, what else? Dripping by Young Blood. I didn't see that yet. Purple Kiss is is the debut. Is a new group from RBW, which is like Mama Moo and What Else's company. Their debut is actually pretty solid. Like I, I mean, I think I still need a couple of listens, but it is like a pretty soft, like strong. Um, I, I would say like in comparison to like the people from last year, the only debut that kind of sticks in my head from last year was Stacy's. And I think this will probably be the only one that sticks in my head like this year. I mean, if we'll see how things go, but it is pretty strong. I wasn't sure about Pentacons do or not. Um, I think it was weird enough when they did have Edon. Now they don't have Edon and Huey because Huey is like in the army, right? Like he left. So it's even stranger. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I actually really liked Icons YYY, no surprise. But also, uh, I don't feel like it made a dent or of any any kind. Like I feel like, like I didn't realize just how low Icon is now um, until this single came out, and I, you know, like it's nobody's really talking about it. It's very strange. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a cute song. I like it. It's catchy. It has a really good melody, but yeah. So maybe they do need Kingdom more than we thought. Um, but yeah, that was it so far for the debuts and comebacks. I'm excited for Kane Daniel. I can't even remember the last time I heard Soren sing more than three lines. So I'm really interested to see how this solo comes about. But yeah, that is it. Um, have you listened to any of these? Songs driven? Nah. <laughs> I just have not really had the chance. Um, I heard, you know what's funny about the Rose song? Because I, I did hear, I didn't hear anything one way or the other, like nothing extremely good or extremely bad. I just heard that she reminded people of Taylor Swift. So I was like, that's interesting. I'm going to have to give it a listen. But, um, and I did hear a piece of that Super Junior uh, song. So to go back on that, I actually did hear a piece of that. I did, just did not realize that's what I was hearing. Very shocked that that was coming from them. Not to say that it was like good or anything. I'm just shocked that that was coming from them. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Okay. Um, anything else? If not, we will move on. Uh, so... Um, before we kind of really get into the K-pop, um, there is something that is related, um, not directly, but, um, a lot of the kind of cultural issues are, um, on Tuesday night, a, um, gun set fire to different Asian um, spas and massage parlor and ended up killing eight people and six of them were Asian women. So knowing what has been going on in the past several weeks and even earlier from the pandemic and the China virus and all the hostility and everything that's already out there um, toward, you know, Asians. People took the shooting very hard 
and um, there's been a lot of you know theorizing and think pieces and and whatnot as to why it happened. Um, apparently, the gunman has told people that or has kind of implied to people that he had a sex addiction of some kind and he wanted to eliminate, you know, the sources of his sex addiction. So that's why he chose the targets that he chose. Um, and people are saying that it doesn't make it a hate crime. Um, so there's a lot to kind of... I mean, there's there's a lot to um, you can find a lot of it online. Um, but as far as we are here, um, we do have our own independent opinions about the um, the shootings. And I don't know, Jimin, Nat, if you don't have anything in particular that you've been thinking about the shootings that you would like to say or how it's connected to the K-pop community. Apparently there have been a few people that have come out and spoken about it, not very many um, idols that have come out and said, you know, to, you know, end hate and that sort of thing. But yeah, Nat, Jimin, what are your thoughts? Uh, so first of all, it is absolutely a hate crime. Uh, I don't think that you pick nail salons in you know specific neighborhoods if you're not age, you're not targeting specific type of people. You know, like it just there's no way that it's not a hate crime in my opinion, and it's basically just you know facet obviously of white supremacy where the killer you know this white this terrorist because that's what he is this terrorist came in and you know he was arrested without you know any sort of rough housing you know he wasn't beat up he wasn't um murdered he was you know pleasantly arrested and they spoke they sat down and they spoke to this demon man and they said you know what explain to us why he did this. And he, he gave them his version of the events and they actually went to the news and said that he was having a bad day. Like I saw that and I was like, I know you're lying. Like why? What? But also the sheriff, I've seen actually a lot of tweets about that sheriff um, who is, I personally believe based on things that I've seen that he is racist. Cause he did have a shirt also, he did wear a shirt or ordered a shirt or promoted a shirt, uh, which was very anti-China um, about the virus. And I've just seen, you know, black people in that neighborhood or that area um, who have spoken out about some of the behavior that they have experienced as well. So I'm not surprised by that, but it's really crazy for you to say that race had nothing to do with it uh when and it's really just about the sex edition and things like that and stuff like that when it's really like the fetishization i think of especially asian women um who you know 
some do sex work like every other race of people like prostitution is one of the world's oldest is one of humans history's oldest uh occupations so everybody has a hand in it right but uh the fetishization i think of asian women specifically um and the whole you know like please you know the whole um submissiveness that you know a lot of especially white men seem to have uh is definitely based on stereotypes and racism so it's like even if you want to go the sex addiction route like it's still intrinsically lined and sort of a part of the overall racism and i mean we have seen that anti-asian anti-asian racism has been on the rise you know we talked a lot last week about um so much stuff has happened i just like my brain is like struggling to sort of keep up with everything that's going on um but i mean like we we did speak on that recently and you know we had the grammys and everything that happened to the grammys and you know the garbage pail kid thing and like a lot of this other stuff that sort of has all been connected to people trying to pin the blame on asians for the covid um panoramic situation and yeah i think you know people of color have had to deal with a lot you know especially when you due to imperialism colonization you know uh, a lot of very um discriminatory and capitalistic driven uh actions you know, leads to a lot of people needing to leave the places that they're from. And that's why you have immigration, you know, being the numbers that they are in a lot of these Western countries. Most people would be very okay with staying in their country if there were opportunities and if there were, was an opportunity for livelihood, you know, like to be able to survive. But in a lot of these cases, you have, you know, agencies from some of these countries going into these countries who who go in and purposely you know dis you know dispose a ruler and have a military coup and you know like there's so many of these stories and that's why you have immigration being what it is and i'm not saying it's just like those reasons obviously you know their own leaders have to take some of the blame as well too in some in a lot of these cases but i think it goes hands in hand and that is why people leave and that is why people come to these countries you know for a better chance than you know they come here and they have to start at the bottom they have like regardless of how educated you are for the most part you do have to start at the bottom and i can say this as the child of an immigrant um canada has you know has an image as being a very open to immigrant um sort of policy in comparison especially to the united states i feel like canada is really good though at like being different from the United States. I think that's like the personality of Canada at this point though. So um, that's kind of just my opinion on that matter. Uh, but yeah, I would say that like, I kind of, for me, the situation I think is a little bit different than um, some people, maybe especially in the United States, because growing up, I was first generation. All my friends basically were first generation as well. And so we have like sort of this commonality, I would say, um, like this first generation commonality that kind of united a lot of us, regardless of where we were from. So 
you know, I have a lot of Asian friends. I have a lot of friends from a lot of these countries, especially like from the Commonwealth and things like that. And so, you know, I kind of understand a lot of what, you know, Asian Americans are saying in that regard, because Canadian, Asian Canadians in Toronto specifically, because that's where I'm from, we, you know, as I said, we kind of grew up, so we kind of have some of the same shared experiences in a, in a sense. Um, obviously, it's not, it's, it, there's a lot going into this, and there's a lot of um, nuance and, and sort of like talking points and things like that. So I don't want to get into it because I don't think that this is like, I think that's like a mini-sode. It's not really like an episode. Uh, but I do want to say that it it's difficult it's terrible. The world is a very terrible place. Um, and I mean, I'm very, very pessimistic. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think I've, I've sort of accepted a long time ago that the world is a terrible place. And it, it's kind of like a buffer whenever these things happen, because they happen so often. And like, I don't think I can like emotionally, like mentally go through every single shooting, every single terror you know act of terrorism and, and you know white supremacy like I think it would be too much and I think you're starting to see that in a lot of people like this fatigue and I'm not talking about people who are fatiguing from being allies I'm talking about actual people of color who you know have to see basically what like the evil of white supremacy and like it's sort of like a helpless feeling in some cases so I I don't know like it's it's as I said it's a very loaded sort of topic and definitely something that we could maybe go in a little bit deeper um, because you know now we're seeing a lot of people being like oh well you know you everybody was about black Lives matter last year what about stop asian hate and i think the conversation is being derailed in a lot of ways um by white people specifically who want to raise the stakes of of sort of animosity between Asians, Asian Americans or Asians in general and, and black people. And I think that there definitely is a conversation to be had about the relationship. But I also want to say like, when I watch the videos and when I see the news and things like that about anti-Asian hate, it is mostly from white people <laughs> i mean i don't even think i've seen a black woman say anything and i'm not saying that that can't be the truth or that can't happen but i think that these conversations are derailment tactics and the evil here is white supremacy i mean the former president of the united states called it the china flu the china virus you know and we all know his words were enough to stoke you know people storming the white house so it's not like really hard to see the cause and effects, you know, of that. And um, I actually read an interesting study on anti-Asian violence in Canada and how it's risen um, quite a bit, actually, uh, in in Vancouver specifically, which makes sense because Vancouver ha does have a very, very, very high population of um, Asian, like people of Asian descent. Um, I'm not sure about like the the generations and things like that, but it does have quite a, a high population. And like the stats are pretty crazy. Like, I mean, people it's just like I think the problem is that people don't talk about it a lot or enough, but the stats were 
pretty insane. I can't actually find it now, but <laughs> I did have it up and it was really interesting. Uh, but I do want to mention, you know, some of the people in the K-pop sphere that I've seen speak about it. So JB put out an, an Instagram story about Stop Asian Hate. Eric Nam has been, you know, on top of it. I mean, we talked, I talked on the last episode about Eric Nam and Peniel and, uh, you know, Eric starting the Stop Asian Hate before, before the shooting, sorry, happened. And uh, I, so he's been on top of it, you know, always. Jay spoke about it from day six. Jackson Wang posted about it on Instagram and Twitter. Mark Twen, also of GOT7, spoke about it on Twitter, I believe. I don't recall seeing it on Instagram because um, I think he just launched his store, his clothing stuff or something. So I only saw that. I didn't see it. But I did see his, his tweet. Uh, I saw Kahi, formerly of uh, After School, actually, which was surprising. She was actually the only, um, besides JB, she's the only, like, um, Korean, Korean, um, like, um, who, because Eric Nam is um, Korean-American, right? Um, so she, her and JB were the only Koreans that I actually saw tweet about it. And I was actually surprised to see that she even tweeted about it all because she's been out of the K-pop world for so long. Um, but she did put out um, a tweet or an Instagram story about Stop Asian Hate. So um, obviously, like, it's the conversation right now. And I think it should be the conversation right now because it is something that is really important. And we shouldn't allow, you know, hate in any form to sort of win. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I feel like this whole situation is just, it is really, really quite terrible. And it's, um, unfortunate that the, it's trying to be seen as it is not a hate crime when it clearly, clearly, clearly is a hate crime. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much to add. I think you guys really covered it well. Um, you know, rest in peace to the victims. It's just such a terrible situation. And the fact that the excuses are already being made, it's like it speaks to, you know, so many different issues um, that are going on. And and you just <laughs> these types of situations are, are just really, really hard. It's just like I feel like and and I and I, I kind of just want to zoom this out a little bit. I feel like anytime there's like these mass type events or like these spree killings or something, you have to like wonder, not even wonder, but just like, I couldn't even imagine what could be going through somebody's head when they're doing something like that. Like, I don't know. Um, but with regard to just sort of, you know, everything surrounding it, not just like, you know, the particular uh, event that happened, but everything surrounding, um, you know, um, idol speaking out. Um, I have seen some of the ones, but I, I just, I don't think I've seen, I don't know. I think, I think some idols m might not even speak out. I, I know we were talking about this like the other day and I was saying, I think some idols might not even speak out just because like, I don't even know. I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep that. Uh, there's two reasons, but I'll say one of the reasons is because I just don't know that when there are like these big events, you know what I mean? I think that sometimes people can see it as more political to say something, if that makes sense. And, and that's not how I view it. And that's not how I think they should view it. 
I just think that that's how like, it, you know, in terms of the people who've already spoken out, I think that might be the extent of it um, as of right now. Right. Like as, as a result of the, this particular thing, because I feel like just the kind of vibe that I get, I do think that if a person is not living in a country, um, they might feel like it it's it would be political for them to speak on it and they don't necessarily i mean we kind of saw that happen too with like you know hong kong like last year and the or the year before i should say um where you know we didn't see too many people who were too many idols who were either from hong kong or had some sort of affiliation we didn't see too many too much of the um sort of free Hong Kong sentiment. So I, I don't know. And I know it's like different types of um, issues, but these are still like major issues uh, that you would think you would see like idols kind of weigh in on. So, but that's really it. That's all I have to say. I do think that you made a very good point though, that it is more of a political thing. And I think maybe it's a cultural, like it's, it's a, it's a clash of cultures. Like in the States, it's like everybody speaks up about everything, <laughs> you know, like even if they know what they're talking about, like not just the States, in Canada, the UK, the West, I think the West. Just is the West, yeah. Like like even yeah. if they don't even know what they're talking about or what it's going yeah. on, they'll just, ha everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion where I think that in Korea um, and in a lot of these Asian countries, it's like there's a line of things that you're able to say and and speak out on and protest and when you do that's what makes it such a big deal you know well i mean like even when like idols like um i was at yeri from red velvet when she had that yeah. feminist book and 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 i think that type of thing is very like noted notable because of the ex like astronomical rates of like domestic violence violence against women and children um and, and everything going on with the interim and all of that. And like the moment that an idol dares to speak out or not even speak out, she didn't even speak out with the book, but like the moment that there's anything indicating that they could be fighting for women's rights or have a feminist perspective, um, there's Get backlash. Mad. And, and, yeah. and, and it's not like those are victimless crimes. You know what I mean? Those are crimes with direct victims. So yeah. no, absolutely, uh, very interesting. Absolutely. I think that that's why I said, like, I feel like, this sort of leads to like a more nuanced conversation. Cause I think that there's different stakes here, I think too. Um, and I think that there's different sort of angles you can come into it in, in the whole discussion on, you know, not just anti-Asian racism, but like the growing media hype around, you know, black versus Asian issues and K-pop. Like, how could you not say anything about this, but you're you're mad that your group didn't get a Grammy, you know, like, so if one is racism and the other is also racism, I feel like the attention should be more so on the fact that people died. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of just crickets in some cases and just, I don't know, the, it, it's, I think that there's a conversation to be had about like performative, you know, wokeness, not just like the way that we joke about it on, in the black community, but like K-pop fans, everybody has so much to say about so many different things when it affects their idols and their groups. But when it happens to other people, it's silence and crickets because generally they don't care. And I think, as I said, like there's so many different conversations to be had on this. And uh, I definitely would love to do some mini sods on, on these, these, these topics. I think that there's so many places that we can go and, um, just clarifying a lot of these complex 
situations and events and things like that would be really good for us. And just like, I think for people too, cause we have a lot of listeners from around the world um, who for some weird reason come in every two weeks and listen to us <laughs> and get their K-pop discussions from us. So it would be kind of, um, I think it's important to have these conversations, but yeah, I think we'll, put a nip in that for now and we will definitely get back to it because it is important. Okay. Well, Yano was reportedly caught at an illegal, uh, an illegal adult entertainment establishment with friends and SM of course responded to the report so Yano was uh, kind of was basically out violating the COVID-19 curfew um, and when people kind of looked more into it people realized that he was eating with friends at an illegally run adult entertainment bar and his friends were allegedly fighting police. It sounds like according to what SM wrote when they responded to the report, they of course said that the information was false. It was, and they said clearly, you know, was wrong for not abiding by social distancing. However, they said that he did anything wrong other than violating the social distancing regulations and that he all he did was go to the location that his friend told him to come to after his friend contacted him to say he wanted to talk about a concern um you know they're basically saying that you know you know was there and only spent time with his friends and you know, it wasn't true that he tried to flee when the police arrived. There was apparently something where there was like apparently more than 10 plain clothes officers involved, but it had nothing to do with, you know, they said. Basically, they're saying that, you know, there isn't a, an issue with their confrontation with the police and that there's not going to be any further action, um, action taken. But, you know, some people are kind of um, suggesting that he was at a room salon and, you know, if that is what he was doing, I mean, I don't know if people like made that, you know, came to that conclusion, if that would be something that he would have to do some restoring his because of that you know i you know from the article that i read they were kind of implying that if it was decided that yana was at a room salon that there would be you know maybe some issues with him kind of um reconciling his image with what happened i I don't know if he would necessarily have to do anything to um, make up for the fact that he was in a room. So I, I mean, I thought, you know, idols were caught doing this type of thing all the time. It was not, I mean, as long as he wasn't doing something actually like, you know, taking drugs or something, it seems like he wasn't doing anything that he would get, um, you know, arrested for or anything. So, 
Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this everything with Yano? Uh, so when I first heard the news, my first thought was, wow, I didn't know Yuno had it in him. <laughs> he is basically a square. So I was actually excited for something, you know, something exciting from him. I mean, I thought it was like quite harmless, to be quite honest. Like, I feel like the big issue with this wasn't even that, uh, wasn't even the kind of room he was in, but that they were there after the COVID hour, like the COVID. Um, what's the word for, um, shoot, I can't remember the word that I want to use, but, uh, <laughs> um, basically there, there's a time that, you know, you could be out and he was two hours past that. Um, so I think the problem at first really was that, you know, you know, is breaking the, the rules, the COVID rules. And so people had a problem with that. And then, um, I think that, maybe the media or maybe anti-fans or something like that just ran with it and then they made up all these stories about him like trying to escape from these police officers <laughs> like 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 it was his music video that gangster music video he came out with earlier this year i don't know it was very strange like the whole thing was very strange and then the news came out that he like hadn't paid his taxes uh in however long. So I personally think that people are out to get this man out. Um, but maybe it's conspiracy theorist in me. I don't know. But I definitely think that he is like, I, don't know, I think there's something like maybe antis or whatnot are, are trying to get him because all of these stories sort of coming out one by one by one is just very strange. And also too, I saw that he, his sponsors are dropping him too. Um, so yogi, so yogi, uh, which is a food delivery app and food maker Otogi removed the idol from all their advertisements so far. And so I will see like how this goes and like what, cause he'll, he'll definitely have to face a punishment this like if he wants to you know get out of this unscathed i think he does need to pay a fee of some sort donate something i don't know make do the full bow thing he has to do something because at this point people are looking at him his image as this good guy straight and narrow you know never does anything wrong is definitely taking a nosedive and a and um i think that is unfortunate but you know just like when the 97 line met for food last year, you know, like I, I just don't think that these are, I don't know. I just don't think that there's any malicious intent in anything that has happened right now. I think that these are people who just, you know, fucked up. <laughs> they made mistakes and, you know, they shouldn't have done these things, but I don't think that it's going to negatively affect anybody's lives uh, or livelihood or anything like that. I just don't see it, you know? So I don't think it's as big a, a deal as, you know, now it's sort of becoming, but it definitely, like, people are definitely looking at it like it is. So it's, it is very strange. I don't, you know, it is what it is at this point. I mean, his career has been pretty pristine. So I think they should just take that into account going forward. But that's just my opinion on it. 
Jimin, do you have anything to add? Not really. Not anything that's already been said. Or had or hasn't already been said. Okay. What is next? Okay, well, it looks like I skipped one um, before the Yano at the strip club um, news piece. Uh, there's 88 Rising's Yellow Square. Can I get a little more information about that? <laughs> um, it was so ridiculous. I just, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. So basically, after the news had hit about the terrorist attack 88 rising decided that they would put out a tweet that included a yellow square which as many of us remember last year um a lot of blavity blackity woke people were trying to do the whole black square thing and even when that was happening like and it wasn't just them believe me it was Basically, everybody around the world. I mean, when I say everybody around the world, Jessica Jug put up a black square, okay? I was kind of like, what does a black square do? Nothing. Why don't you donate to Black-owned businesses? Why don't you donate to Black-ran um, organizations? Book drives, food drives, toy drives, things like this, you know. Uh, so when... 88 Rising had decided that they wanted to um, create their own square movements. Um, it did not go over very well. Um, a lot of people, you know, rightfully so called them out. Yeah, it was quite a long post and they've, I think they've since deleted it. So I can only see basically <laughs> the beginning of it before it cuts out. And so a lot of People were not happy, not pleased, uh, regardless of where, like where you're from, who you are, you know, what you tick on the stats Canada form. Um, nobody was happy with it and they did delete it. Um, and they did put out a statement about, you know, this thing that they had done. And let me pull up it because I did not have it up. I apologize. I wrote, thank you to our community for sharing your comments and critiques with us. It was never an intention to cause harm, but we recognize the effects of our actions and apologize. We are not trying to start a yellow square movement, though we understand how it was misinterpreted. We are heartbroken and want to share our thoughts on the horrific violence in Georgia and decry the racism against the Asian community. We understand the responsibility and platform that we have and intend to put it to use. If you've if you have ideas on how to collaborate, please reach out to community at 88rising.com. Uh, so that's basically that situation. And it was a bad idea. I mean, I understand what why they did it. And I, I'm willing to extend grace because, you know, waking up to that kind of news is never really easy, especially when it affects your community. So I, I do understand that sometimes people have good faith and do things like this, you know, in, in when the initial situations happen. So I get it. Uh, and they did remove it and they put out a statement. So, I mean, as long as, you know, other people are not trying to make a yellow square movement, which kind of feels racist. 
Um, but anyway, like if you're not tr- trying to do that, like going forward, it's it's kind of similar, I think, to to the Asian Lives Matter, which people were trying to get trending yesterday. Well, isn't eighty rising? Aren't they Asian? Asian. Um, but I thought they had Asian American artists on eighty. Yeah, no. Well, my my point is, is like if they're yeah. Asian, is it yeah. racist if they are making? the square yellow the the concept oh, is stupid in oh, itself but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like because i i've heard asians yeah. refer to themselves that way i mean i well, don't they do okay i because, don't even um yeah well it's kind of like too like i mean black people aren't literally black so it's just like well, no, 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 i don't but know we, but we do right. call ourselves black you know capital b black fair um, fair but I, i've never seen you know like i'm personally like in terms of the asian community that I've spoken to who are, you know, East Asian um, and Southeast Asian. I've never heard any, like, really refer to themselves as yellow, to be quite honest. Um, or I have, and yellow. it's almost okay. always, it, it's almost always in rap songs where they refer to oh. th- themselves that way. Okay. But also too, um, I, I have to say that I think that more than anything, it's like well, not the square aspect, but the whole like the yellow aspect of it yeah. is it's very um, exclusionary because Asian doesn't equal people who have traditionally fallen into certain types of skin tones or people who call themselves the people who I've heard call themselves that have been people who are like lighter skinned Asians who are from East Asian countries that, you know, Northeast Asian. Um, I mean, I've never heard of like an Indian person refer to themselves that way. Yeah. It's almost always Brown, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's actually like a really fantastic point. Um, So yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I did like just wanted to make a small little comment and like how that sort of ties into the Asian Lives Matter hashtag, which don't use, people are saying not to use it, okay? <laughs> um, because um, it is a bit similar to the yellow square thing, um, which is like co opting other causes to bring attention to your own and, you know, I think that is also adding to some of the animosity. And the square is is co-opting the worst part of the other cause. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, not even like yeah. the best tactic, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say that like Asian Lives Matter was like a smarter <laughs> choice because at least you're using a, a, a familiar, you know, topic something that has a positive like exactly. reception. Like exactly. the, the squares never got a positive reception. No, I have to say, um, kind of off topic. Does sure. Child Inu wear lace fronts? We'll discuss later. But <laughs> let's go back to the <laughs> the subject. You know who wears a wig? Billie Eilish. Ooh. Yes, and what kills me is that people are so like shocked and scandalized. You could be shocked, right? Yeah, but, like. Is it that far fetched that she's like not dyeing her own hair green and black Every like that? All the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that not uh, part you know of me? Was like if 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 Nicki Minaj had a reveal that no, I don't indeed wear my hair black and green and it's a wig, people would have not been scandalized and believed oh. it more. But you know, you know, why. absolutely, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like when I saw the reveal, I was like, you know what? That makes sense. That's she's so. I was like, look, she's you know, allegedly called like talented. And I say allegedly just because I don't really like any of the songs I've heard from her, but I was like, she's allegedly talented and she's smart. Like, okay. 
you know, I can get behind that because why would you dye your hair that color like, every single time? All the time for years. Yeah. Like for that years. doesn't even make sense. Right. Uh, so, I mean, smart. Good for you. Though I will say, I will say, I, I love how I just was like, that doesn't even make sense. But I just thought about the fact that so many K-pop artists dye their real hair. Like, yeah, often. but hers never looked like raggedy. You know, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> just want um, that to be known. Yeah. But yeah. So, so there's that. Um, okay. So yeah, that's all I really wanted to say about the 88 rising situation. What is next, Ash? Okay. Well, next up, we have a nice little news story about Park Min Young, Joe Jun Suk, Chinese Taman, and Joe Se Ho, um, who all received. Okay, the relevant part of this is Taemin because we don't know the rest of them people. <laughs> that is true. Chinese Taman were recognized for being exemplary taxpayers, essentially. The government representative talked about Taman basically getting popularity for his singing ability and his um, performances. And also he has, um, according to the representative, carry out social activities, such as participating in donation campaigns. Um, and he is also diligently fulfilling his tax obligations. So, um, you yeah, know, nice to know that, uh, you know, some of our idols are following the law, you know, and doing what they need to do. I personally love a law-abiding, bill-paying citizen. <laughs> uh, people could learn from Taman in terms of tax paying I can't speak to anything <laughs> else but in terms of paying his taxes <laughs> I love that this is still an award like I remember when Gong Yu got it years ago and that's when I first heard about it and I was like so, so, so basically what you're saying is a CRA ain't shit because they have never given me an award and I've been paying my taxes. Yeah, wait, so <laughs> I, 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 you know, all countries have this because I've literally never gotten a war for this. No. We deserve awards. Yeah. We do, yeah, I mean, we do our taxes every year. We definitely deserve an award for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that this award is cute. I bet you Taman don't even know what a tax is. Um, but, you know, he has people who are He straight up has accountants. <laughs> like, he, probably, he definitely doesn't know what taxes this. are. <laughs> Taman probably just like, oh, I do my taxes? And like, his manager, who, according to Taman, according to Taman, was on the phone with a girl telling her that he loved her. So, who knows? I think he has, I think man the manager has a girlfriend now um but i mean this is all gossip according to Taman. so we'll, we'll take it for i love that Taman has yeah. been in the industry since he was like a literal child so like some of the things that just seem like normal adult things you could imagine that somebody who's a child star probably has no clue about especially if they have people who take care of things for them and there's just something yeah. kind of funny about that to me i don't know why 
In some well, situations, I can see how I can be sad, but in this particular situation, yeah. it's just funny. The, the idea that he doesn't know what taxes are. It's just so funny. <laughs> it okay, just but... Like, oh, this is fun. Okay. And he just smiled and took his award. And I mean, we love Taman, so it's fine. Yes. But yes, <laughs> what's, 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 what's up next, next, Ash? Okay. Well, apparently, I was like, Lay <laughs> can have problems with copyright apparently uh it was discovered that his song lit the mv would have a lot of similarities with a mv that was released in march it's young lex's raja tara kier the last the last and basically um this was all posted on twitter of and basically, it was a couple of people on Twitter basically saying that young Lex was ripping off of of Lay. You know, I looking at it, it is a lot of it's it's pretty similar. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think Lay should you know take these guys to court? Is it All similar? I know is that from the frames that I saw, it was it was definitely similar enough. Like it was a little too similar, right? Do we know anything about Young Lex? Like what kind of? Um, like, I just see that he's like an Indonesian rapper. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean that's really all I know so far about him because his Wikipedia page is in. Indonesian so (laughs) 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 um (laughs) so yeah he's he's like a it seems like he's like a SoundCloud kind of rapper too Mm. um based on what I'm seeing here uh but I would agree there's like a side-by-side comparison video on Twitter and it is like the frames are very very similar and so I wouldn't be surprised if you know, he didn't um, copy this because Lay's music videos is quite stunning. Lay looks fantastic in that music video. Like, holy crap. Um, but yeah, Lay looks good. And the music video itself is is quite um, like, it's, it's a specific type of music video, right? It's supposed to tell a story. So the fact that the frames are so similar, um, it is you know, going to, like, it leads me to believe anyways that this is some form of plagiarism. But um, I know, I think that he hasn't spoken out yet, no? Oh, on Young Lex's um, IG, he did retweet a picture of Lei, and it says, Idola Baruku. I don't know what that means. And Indonesia, like, has... Did different- you expect us to know what it means? <laughs> Because you sure said it like you thought we were going <laughs> to translate. I did kind of hope that, you know, there was a trump card here, um, but I guess not. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can translate this. Oh, it says my, oh, so, oh, so I use Google Translate, which I mean, we all know sure. is what it is. And it says my new idol with a heart. Ah. And this was on March 10th. That sounds like it could be sarcastic, but you know, I think it is. We are going off of a Google translation. 
of a language none of us know. So right, right. So I do think it is. I do think though that he is acknowledging the plagiarism in his own way, and it's you know snarky, sarcastic comment. Wow, this is a. I could see this developing into something interesting in the future. It kind of reminds me. Remember when that guy plagiarized? Was it BTF last year? Was it last year or the year before or something like that? Oh, like that. Uh, was he like Italian um, dude, right? French? Yeah, Italian. Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. he was a real out of pocket though. He was like, he was. He at was. least this guy is like trying to hide his, you know, out of pocketness, not being yeah. out of pocket, so to speak. So yeah. But yeah, interesting, oh. interesting. Well, what's next, Ash? Because I, if I'm looking at this correctly, we have another plagiarism scandal in the same week. Well, it's kind of. I mean, I guess um, you could count it as a plagiarism scandal. Uh, Weekly uh, is apparently plagiarized Ava Max's. So am I. And I'm trying to figure out that they plagiarize the dance moves. Is is this what, what I'm looking at here? I think it's like the overall melody. It's sped up a bit for weekly, but it's very similar. Like if you watch the the video, like it's only 27 seconds, but it has basically like the weekly song and then the Ava Max song. And like the melody is sped up for the weekly version, but it's very similar melodically. Like, uh, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like weekly was, was, you know, doing what they need to do. I I think actually both songs are good. (laughs) Like, I feel like I could comfortably listen to both of these songs and sort of just like enjoy them. Um, but I do think that Weekly might have actually did a bit better than Ava Max. So I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't really know who this woman is, so I can't really make the, <laughs> I think she's a you know, I can't say one word. Well, I kind of yeah. figure, I feel like British singers always, ha- first and foremost, they're always like oh, no, she's popular, American. but I don't know who they are. Oh, she's American. She's 27. Well, that completely invalidates everything I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, she is. It seems like she got into the industry in 2016 with a song called Sweet But Cycle, which I did see people on Tumblr talk about, but I never actually listened to. This song is everywhere around here. Like it's on the radio like every few seconds. Can you like, what are the lyrics or home, the melody or something? I've never heard of this song. She is Albanian. You know, I feel like it's the time for Albanians, which is kind of cool because I have a well, not so much like um, a co-worker. He's not a co-worker now, but I had a, somebody I worked with who's from Albania and he taught me some words and some drinking and <laughs> um, very fun. Now you uh, have like a random <laughs> anecdote for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say no, that, like, no. I just think you live such an eventful life. <laughs> Dua Lipa and um, BB Rexa and Rita Ora are also all Albanian. 
So wow. okay, that must that must be what it is then, because mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe it's a British thing, but it's probably an uh, Albanian thing. Because I was gonna actually refer to Bibi Rexa and refer yeah. to Rita Ora and them when I was talking about my whole thing about like they are these. There's a specific type of artist that always seems to be really popular, but I've never heard their music, and uh, like people know who they are and know their songs, but I don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, and. I often think of like BB Rexa and like those like those type of artists. Like, I don't know if I know a BB Rexa song. So maybe maybe they are. Maybe it isn't like an Albanian thing. Like it's the rise. Um, it's good. I mean, good for them. But uh, I actually really like Rita Ora's music. Not Rita Ora the person, but Rita Ora the music. And Dua Lipa has some some bops. So yeah, I this is the first time I've ever heard of an Ava Max song. But I mean, as I said, I think that weekly ate her up. So, I mean, I know what I'm going to be listening to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but in terms of plagiarism, I don't think it's plagiarism in the same way that like the last one was clearly plagiarism. I'm sorry. That was like, this dude knew what he was doing. He knew what was going on. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, this, I would say, I would say it'd be kind of hard to prove in court. There's, there, I think there is a case, but I don't know how strong the case is. It's kind of where I'm landing on it. No offense to Ava, no offense to Weekly and their fans or anything like that. I think both songs sound great, um, but I know I have my preference, so that's kind of where I stand on that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> okay. Well... We can all say goodbye to one team on March 10th. They officially dropped the notice that the group was basically ceasing to be. I can't get access to it on Twitter, but you know, I'm trying to translate it in Google and all this stuff. So, Oh, I um, completely okay. <laughs> I, I forgot that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't. I thought that there was an English translation on there. I mean, well, uh, the relevant information is that one team disbanded, right? Yes. And which is really, really crazy because I was going through my watch to get watch together, my watch later list on YouTube, deleting some videos have been there. Uh, just as an update, I did get it down to three hundred from nine hundred and sixty something or nine hundred and something like that. Um, and one team. I think it was their debut song was one of the videos that was still in my watch later. Uh, maybe from, from like like a year ago or maybe six months ago. So that's my okay. watch. That's my one team story. Did you guys I, did you have any fond memories of them? I know LiveWorks company because two members of Shinwa, um, well, formerly three, but two members of Shinwa are now are still with LiveWorks which is Lee Min-woo and Shin Hae-sung. Kim Dong-won used to be there. So I'm, I've always known about LiveWorks, the company, because if I wanted to buy stuff, that's where I get Shinwa stuff from sometimes. But I didn't know they actually had a group, like a boy group there. I probably would have supported them out of solidarity if I had known that the group was there. So I do feel kind of bad, especially since, you know, like, I mean, clearly this is like a dream of first for these guys and, you know, for them to put in the two years and not have anything come out of it. And especially with, you know, I, I do think it was impacted a lot by Corona. Uh, so 
it sucks. It really does suck. And I, and um, as I, I think I mentioned this in some previous episodes, but Young Ejuma, Sarah, has been doing the work and putting out a lot of content about disbanded groups, especially disbanded new groups who, you know, tried to debut last year and things like that when, you know, the world was basically under these lockdowns, like more harsh lockdowns. And a lot of them just were not able to survive because it's so expensive to debut groups and you need to quickly get some sort of fan base to start bringing a profit in. And with a lockdown, you can't tour, you can't do fan meetings. Like I know some people have tried, like Wanho did a fan meeting the other day and he had like a plastic divider thingy. But then I was like, dude, it's airborne. So I mean, the virus can just go over the plastic. But you know, I what do I know? I'm not a doctor, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, so, and I know like got seven did virtual ones uh, last year. So like, there's like different types that people have been doing lately. Uh, but like, these are big groups and established groups who have an established fan base. Group that they've been in 2019 for the most part won't have the same um, fan base. So it is really unfortunate. Um, I did see that there were a lot of like one team fans who were very upset, understandably, on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so sorry guys. Uh, hopefully these guys can maybe regroup if they're young enough and maybe get into another group. But since we're on the topic, I didn't actually add that to the list. But did you guys hear that Shinwa was beefing? No. Did you guys see any of that at all? Oh my god, I completely forgot to add that to the list. I don't know the details of it, but I did. Um, if you want to give like a maybe three to four sentence overview, because yeah. I did hear about it, but I I just wanted to get like a more streamlined view of what actually happened. Okay, so basically, from my understanding, um, a couple of days ago, I woke up. And Eric had put out like this really long Instagram um, post about Kim Dong-wan, who was another member of the group. And basically the post was like, Eric was fed up. Eric was like, look, we're trying to do this thing, you know, called being in Shinwa and you're not helping because every time we do something, you're not showing up. Apparently Kim Dong-wan hadn't been in the group chat for six years. But he was on Clubhouse talking to his fans about how one member of the group was, you know, not doing the work that was needed for Shinwa to come back. Eric took that personally. And because he did not have Kim Dong-wan's number to reach out to him, and because Kim Dong-wan was not in the group chat, he felt that the only place that he could put this information out was on IG. Basically... I think Andy was like the middleman. He got in touch with Kim Dong-wan. They, you know, discussed it amongst themselves. Kim Dong-wan put out a statement saying, you know, my bad. Um, you know, things have been rough, I guess. And uh, we're, you know, in a place now where we can go forward. But it was kind of scary for like two seconds because Eric was literally like, I mean, look. If you don't want to meet up, if you don't want to be in the group chat, if you want to continue to pretend like we're all friends and like we're all close and stuff like that, you can do that on your own. Why don't we just, dis- why don't we just break up? I was like, oh, <laughs> like it felt serious for like that couple hours. Okay. Um, but they worked it out and, you know, going forward, I feel like they're going to probably try to be more 
open to communication. I personally think that because they haven't seen each other due to the lockdown and everything that's going on, um, they weren't able to actually physically fight it out, which is normally what happens with Shinwa. They literally, like, they talk and stuff, but most of the time they just fight, and then that works out most of their problems. Um, it has historically been what works for them, but because of the lockdown, they are not seeing each other as well. So I think that has, like, really brought a lot of the anger to the forefront. But yeah, everybody, Changjo's, you know, Shinwa's okay. They the comeback that I was waiting for, um, that they tease should be in the cards and it should be something that they're going forward with. So we'll see. Uh, but it was so random, <laughs> like to see that that and Brave Girls, you know, getting 60 their 60th pack, all ki- perfect, all kill, and they have had three wins so far. Um, it's it, I don't know, like 2021 is just. A lot's going on. But yeah. That was a, the Shinwa debacle. What is next? Okay. Well, the ultimate K-pop question was answered this week, this past week, as BTS did not win the Grammy. I think it was best pop duo or group. Something like that. It was correct. Um, yeah. Best pop um, duo or group or group. Not collaboration, which is what actually won. But yes. <laughs> that yeah. Fun. Yeah. And they took it well in their reconstructed Grammy set thingy that they had in uh, Korea since they didn't attend the actual set um, to attend the awards back in the US. Um so it was kind of weird that they kind of dressed up and had this kind of little faux Grammys party, but when they could actually have just went, but I don't know. I would have preferred to have actually gone myself, but we had some very um, interesting reactions to BTS losing the award. Um, as expected, armies were suicidal. They were overcome. They were just, there was a lot of very over the top Twitter messaging going on. Um, you know, and, you know, as we discussed earlier with everything going on in the, with the Asian American community and with, you know, with the fear and the violence toward Asians, it's like, you're just waiting for them to, to use that and kind of use that to prop up like other people. Um, and you know, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's definitely anchoring. So, but there were, you know, armies were upset and they started talking about actually making their own awards, I believe, for BTS or just having their own awards for the guys so they can just, 
not even have to deal with competition or anything. Uh, I guess that's what they would like. Namjoon said in the interview that they'll take this as a sign that they should go there in person to accept the award next time. Pretty, pretty good advice, I would say. And then this Instagram account called the K, the KT, who the alleged former editor for Grammy's website apparently exposed the Recording Academy's alleged bias. I don't know who this person, the KT, is or if they actually were able to speak to someone that works for the Grammys website. I don't know. Maybe someone here that knows the site better can tell me she's like an established journalist or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's very interesting. Any thoughts about everything that's kind of gone down? I have to say that um, I actually kind of respect BTS's reaction to losing. Because I think, obviously, you know, they were hurt. You could kind of see it in their faces. But I, there seemed to be like, because I watched the video. I don't know if you guys did. It's very short. And it's just a video of their reaction to losing. And I think what was interesting is that rather than to try to invalidate the Grammys the same way their fans did, or try to make it seem like there was some sort of racist outcome, which I can't speak to that, or, you know, maybe in another, another time I'll speak more on that. But instead of doing those things, uh, the immediate really were like, you know, this is something we still want to do. Like, this is still a goal that we have. And I thought that was pretty interesting because I know me and Nat were talking to, you know, we've talked about this, you know, we all were kind of alluding to this at the on the live stream um, during, you know, Grammy Sunday. And we just kind of talked about like the sore loser ship and, and how that's such a, a prevalent thing where if an artist doesn't get something, it goes beyond them saying they were snubbed and into them trying to make it an issue, like a political issue. And BCS didn't do that. So I actually kind of respect that. I don't know what you guys think about their reaction I'm actually kind of curious to see, like, do you think this was the best way to react? Like, just to basically acknowledge the loss, kind of laugh at it, realize, understand that you still have this goal and move forward and take the next steps towards accomplishing it next year? Or do you feel like they should have responded differently? I think that was the best and the smartest. Yeah, quite a smart move to acknowledge the loss and to also use it as a base for next year's sort of result, which will work in your favor. And I think that maybe speaks to BTS's success in the fact that they, if they look at everything as maybe not a loss, but as maybe it's not the right time, then they keep that energy for when it is the right time. I think it's like positive affirmation in some ways. And I, I do think that it benefits them because they, their goal is still to win a Grammy, right? So it wouldn't benefit them to sort of polarize themselves from the Grammys, even if that's what their fans are doing, you know? So I, I don't know. I just think that is the smartest idea. I, I clearly feel like they're, everything they did for like the past year has been to win a Grammy. So if that's still something that they want to do, then this is how they do it. They drop another single. Maybe it'll be in English. 
again. And, you know, it's going to be something that's marketable and sellable like Dynamite was for them. And they'll do the whole thing all over again. And then next year, the hopefully what they want is that Grammy. I I mean, I think we spoke on this before. You know, Grammys definitely benefits a lot of people. And it still is seen as like the highest award you can win in the world, you know, for music. So I definitely understand the the importance of it. But, you know, we Black folk have been saying from time, the Grammys are racist, the Grammys are racist. So why are you doing all of this to win it? You know, and I think we have spoken to on Western validation and, you know, all these other things, Um, not Western validation, but specifically American validation, because I know they don't care about winning Juno. Like, (laughs) I know that for a fact. So it's, you know, like a lot of the topics tonight, there's so many different paths you can go with these discussions because they're so layered. They're so you know, diverse and complex. And Jim and, and then there's so many stakeholders. Like, there's exactly. so many people involved in these things where, you know, armies were at, um, you know, all over Ben Winston's Twitter asking him, you know, why didn't basically, why didn't the, the Academy vote for BTS when he doesn't even have anything to do with that. And I don't, I just feel like, I don't know. Even to like the the comments that journalists were making, um, a lot of me has to wonder, kind of in the same vein as Asian Junkie, where it's like, if they had a one, well, we have seen the think pieces, but we have seen this, this, and this, because uh, we have seen, like, with the journalists saying, you know, there were there was like a kind of like a silent ban on BTS related material, like. I just am hard pressed to believe that if BTS had a one, people would be coming out the woodwork talking about this because what, like, I, I do feel like why was this not a discussion when it happened? Why is it only a discussion now that they lost? You yeah, see what I'm saying? That the Grammys are racist. Like nobody, when we were saying the Grammys were racist all this time, because you know, once again, Taylor Swift has won an album of the year people. And I mean, I liked folklore. So <laughs> I mean, this is like no shade, but she has won another album of the year. Beyonce, the most decorated, awarded female um, artist of of all time, you know, like at the Grammys. And she doesn't even have an album of the year. She only has one of the major awards. Everything has been a genre award from what I can tell. So it is like a conversation that we had and that we were having before this whole nomination and the potential win and now that it's now that you know they haven't won the award now it's the scammies but before if they had won the award it would have been oh you know the national heroes the grammys award because the grammys award you know artistry and and real artistry it just proves that bts are bigger than k-pop and i feel like those would have been the takes like i absolutely feel like people already had articles written like this you know, to share. So I do feel like it is definitely more, it's not about the Grammys being racist because we've been having discussions about the Grammys being racist and needing to change. It's about the group not that they wanted to win, not winning. And for some weird reason, it's like, if you don't see BTS as the, you know, 
groundbreaking trailblazer, you know, height of artistry, like bigger than the Beatles, bigger than MJ, bigger than Beyonce, bigger than Whitney, bigger than everybody. Then the problem is you. Like that's basically what the conversations tend to be. And that's why the outrage was what it was. I mean, look, you're mad that your group didn't win. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When Adele won album of the year over Beyonce, I was in my feelings. So I totally understand what I didn't do was I didn't go on the internet and make homophobic comments and attack people connected to Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. I also didn't make comments about Blue Ivy and who also is a Grammy Award winner. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. But I also didn't go and bully a child because your group didn't win. You know, um, it's okay to be upset. I absolutely get it. Like, I totally, totally... I, I empathize and I totally get it. It sucks. And, you know, racism does play a part in what gets awarded at the Grammys. Why do you think that they they had um, Mickey Gooden up there singing, you know, Black Like Me? <laughs> like, the industry, the music industry is rife with racism, okay? So it's not like it's a foreign concept, something that has just been introduced with K-pop becoming, you know, the global uh, phenom that it is. No, it's there. It will outdate. It, it, it will, like, proceed. When K-pop starts to die down, it will still, racism will still be a thing. Racism at the Grammys will probably also still be a thing. So, like, I don't know. I feel like this is more just like a reality check, guys. Like, you're not going to bully the Grammys into giving you an award. Like, that's just nonsense. So don't do it. Don't harass people um, who clearly don't even really have anything to do with this. Um, just take it like the group is, basically, as a, as a sign that maybe you got to go regroup and, and come back and and work maybe a different angle maybe you know put out a better song you know like there's a lot of things that has to be done I guess if you want to win that Grammy because apparently that's the only thing that matters at this point and if it is then give it your all I mean don't half-ass something that you really care about so (laughs) uh yeah that's kind of like how I feel about the Grammys or the hashtag scammies (laughs) anything to add nothing else okay um before we get into like the next topic i guess we can also speak on the situation in what i guess we're naming the bts block uh so tops has these um they're a trading card manufacturing company who create these things called um, the Garbage Pail Kids. And they had ones for the Grammys. And um, coincidentally, while everybody else had, you know, quite normal looking, I guess normal by their standards, looking cards, the card for BTS was of them, you know, in that whack-a-mole game at the, at the fair, the carnival? Yeah, but instead of a, a mole, it's BTS. And they were like <clears throat> battered and bruised and they were not using a club. They were using like the Grammy. And, you know, people felt 
you know, just very uncomfortable. And um, some people said it was racist. And I, I really don't know about that. I think that might be conflating a lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, I can't speak on it. So I don't really know the real reason that they did it, but I did see the pictures and I did feel uncomfortable and I do feel that it was unnecessary. And I do feel that they, they've been rightfully called out because as I said, if you look at the other cards and then you looked at BTS's, it is like, what kind of statement are you trying to make? You know, like, why would you, you know, do one of all these people like at the beach on a horse, like laying down on this moss covered house singing. And then you show the guys and they're all like beat up and being smacked around by the Grammys. Like what? Um, maybe they were supposed to go for something artistic about, you know, the fact that the Grammys didn't go to BTS and maybe they felt like, you know, it was a violent <laughs> conclusion. I don't know, but it, was it was very stupid and silly and i don't think they need to be done and um everything that they're getting i think they kind of deserve to be quite honest so um yeah it has been like one thing after the other after the other after the other um for like a whole entire week it's been pretty crazy but yeah that was that situation on that and let us know how you guys feel about that do you think it was racist do you think it was racially motivated? I mean, I really can't speak on it, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but let us know. And yeah, I guess if nobody has anything to add, we can move on to the next topic. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have to say real quick, I just want to put it out there with yeah. regard to the award. I do have to say that um, having the most tweets does not mean you deserve a Grammy. Um, having the most sales does not mean you deserve a Grammy. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't reward that because we should, well, we do, we absolutely do. Um, the billboard awards, I believe is for like charting and then, um, well in BTS's case in particular, almost every a Korean award in terms of those shows and stuff. And even some of the end of the year festivals, um, those are awarding based on the numbers you do. So yeah. for the people who I see quoting how many albums BTS has sold and how high they've charted, it's a well-known fact that the Grammys hasn't really had a consistent and obvious voting criteria for years it's always been kind of mysterious um and it's pretty much not based on sales it's it, it's because it, if it was then you you have years where like people were winning and you had to you did have to google them because you didn't know who they were so it's not sales thing and and i, I think that's like a common um misconception that armies have and and i don't they say the whole, you know, we're not, um, we're above Inkigayo, but they have an Inkigayo mentality and approach to the rest of the world. So you can't <laughs> say you're above Inkigayo when you think that you should win based on Inkigayo criteria. So that's all I got. Them Inkigayo sandwiches are looking real nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what we didn't talk about either? Because of what? everything that's been going on, Big Hit is not Big Hit anymore. It's High B or High. Oh yeah, what's, what's Hi. whatever. <laughs> yes. I just it kind of vaguely yeah. sounds like a rash. 
Hive? Uh, yeah. It sounds like Hive, which I'm pretty sure is a is like a group of supervillains on the Teen Titans. That's that what it sounds like to me. <laughs> but well, okay, Hive, so- Hive is like has a bunch of different things. So you have like Beehive, um, and you have like the Hive from the Justice or, or yeah DC comics, and then you have um, when I was thinking, I my brain went automatically to like breaking out in hives. Yeah. So um, I'm looking at a tweet by Jeff Benjamin, and it said Hive will be the larger company to incorporate all things music, solutions, and platforms that big hit entertainment has created after feeling that being an quote-unquote entertainment company doesn't encompass all the company does at this point. Okay, so one, um, I think that this this shows a couple of things. Uh, netizens were actually kind of irritated by that. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, they think that, that Big Hit is doing too much. Um, yes. And they are what they're trying to do is they're trying to basically become a tech company so that because they I think they're starting to realize I hate to say it this way. I think they're starting to realize that if they don't buy other groups, they don't are not going to have that much musical success outside of BTS. Like it's just they have they've had two experiments so far. And I it's not like I don't think either group will ever sell enough to sustain big hit right now on their own like they you know what i mean too you can't have tomorrow together could not sustain big hit the same way that bts does and i think bay pd has gotten used to a certain lifestyle those executives have gotten used to a certain lifestyle they're buying Mm -hmm. up buildings buying up property and when you do that you need money to fund these projects so why not try to expand into other industries and call yourself high and get into especially since they're trying to they're i really think they're kind of becoming almost like a a marketing like a digital marketing kind of group because if you think about it a lot of a lot of the money that bts generates is based on like merchandising and marketing it's not even like just the music or really, you know what I mean? Like it's the brand of BTS more than anything. And I think that Big Hit is trying to get into that space of like, we know how to build a brand and we know how to capitalize on a brand. And the sad part of it is that only BTS has that brand. None of the other groups have that brand. Obviously in hyphen is really new, but two by two, they're, they're pretty, they're like, Two years is nothing to scoff at. Like, you know what I mean? Two years after debut is nothing to scoff at. And the fact that they are like, I don't think that, I think that if they were so good at building brands, they would have been able to do it by now. That's my point. Like they would have been able to recreate the success of BTS. And they just haven't, at, at least at this point. So I don't know. I do agree with netizens that they're putting their, they're basically doing too much. And I think um, they need to, they're trying to become this conglomerate um and i just i would like to see that they can be successful with other groups before they start to expand this quickly if that makes sense i agree uh i have also seen the netizens are just like focus on your groups like <laughs> like focus on actually you know managing successful groups and not just one that basically it's almost seems like to they're trying themselves. to compete with like it's like they're trying to compete with like Mnet or like CNJ. Yeah. 
You know, what I mean, those companies are actually they're not just, you know, Mnet doesn't just have like eyes, eyes one or whatever. They don't just have like their little groups. They also have like they're literally, you know, multimedia entertainment. You know, they have platforms, they have shows. These are things that like Big Hit is, I guess, trying to do that. Like they give all their groups a, a TV show, like a reality show. But like the difference is, is that it's based around the group. Once again, it's not like Mnet you know, M countdown and, um, you know, the M net, the mamas, like mm-hmm. those things are not based on one particular group. Yeah. Eyes one might get a little bit of special treatment when they go to those shows. Um, because there's no, no reason in hell why eyes one should be there over Luna, but, um, that doesn't, it's not based around those groups. So I think they're trying to be something that they just aren't yet at the very least. And I'm saying this in a, in a, you might, as you may be able to tell, I am trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm trying to yeah. see that maybe one day they could be that, but they're just not that right now. And they have yet to recreate any of the successes that they've had related to BTS. So. Well, uh, Hybe now is going to be launching a new girl group. And it looks like they're also getting a new building. I don't know if they're, restructuring the one they have or if they bought a brand new building but didn't they and just buy a new building to put in hyphens dorms well i'm i'm on now i'm on tamar herman's post <laughs> okay, and she, okay, okay she has like a, a photo of the building and it says like her tweet says the new building for hybe is split into three prongs design split between an entertainment production section which is the first seven floors a modular open space office section floor which is eight to 16 floors and that sounds like hell i hate open space offices like no thank you so are they buying the building and renting the space out that's almost how what it sounds like because you wouldn't buy a building that big unless you're renting out most of the floors that's just how most people do no no it's it sounds like they're gonna be using all 16 floors of this building and they have a section called wait you said that eight you said they're gonna have eight to 16 floors for office space do you know what office space that is do a they lot. even have that many employees? <laughs> well, I guess they're because they are maybe moving towards like tech and a lot of like online things like with Weverse and now with yeah, but even and all to stuff. that, like even to that, like let's say they were moving towards that. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest tech companies in the world don't take up that, that much. much space in one yeah. building usually you would at least have like two different locations or something like that i mean do what you do if you can afford it i'm not you know gonna be mad at you i just think that this seems really interesting that's like a really interesting purchase i'm always interested in stuff like that like yeah well the most important okay. thing i think is that they have an employee welfare section which is like another whatever floors it didn't it, it doesn't show the breakdown where it has outdoor spaces, lounges, coffee shops, shops. So I guess it's something similar to CG CJ's um, building in digital media city. Um, but yeah, that's well, look, those so are, are they going to have it? I mean, see employee welfare section. If when I think employee welfare, um, I think of like of 24 hour, like full access gym, child care center, therapists on call clinic, um, Lots of I beds think, for you to take uh, a nap in. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. No, like, and like yeah. you, you say this, but like there are companies, even <laughs> I'm not going to expose anything, but there are companies that I have personally heard of that have these types of amenities. So I, if Big Hit or Hive or whatever they want to be now, if they are going to do that, then okay, that is positive because I think that that if you're going to try to expand like that, you mm-hmm. need to make sure you're keeping up with the market in terms of what you're offering your employees. Because from what I hear, and this could be a whole episode in, in like a mini sold in itself. But from what I hear, it's not like being like, ha- like being a salaried employee in South Korea and like places like that. It's not, you don't get a lot of those cushy perks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much like, you go to work, do your job and, you know, nobody cares if you are like secretly having some sort of breakdown because of your job. You know what I mean? And also I mentioned that too, because I doesn't, um, doesn't SM have like psychologists or something like that, that they have or therapists or something. I know one of the other companies, like they're known for having, like a an actual therapist that works with their artists that would be nice if big hit had stuff like that as well if they're trying to expand and do all these things um i think it's sme in terms of jyp the only thing that i know of that is like out of the norm that they have is they actually have drivers like on like on-call drivers to prevent doesn't every company have that well to no they have it specifically there to prevent drunk driving situations I don't know if that's why SME has it, but I know JYP has it for that reason. Uh, I have to so. say real quick, though, while Hive is trying to put all this money into growing and expanding into an area that they have no experience in. Um, why? I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure last time I checked two by two are not are still living in a very strange situation. It's they still don't have their own rooms. So like start there, <laughs> like, like get those, get those, these men, because they're all grown men. Now Taehyun just had his birthday. Actually, Bumgyu just had his birthday like a week ago. Um, get them a place with their own rooms. Like, I I, I'm sorry. I, I can't, I they can't justify. Yeah. So they have so much money that they have the time to sit up here and anticipate becoming a whole new company. Like, mm, no, pay for these boys to have better living arrangements and better accommodations. Um, there's no reason why two by two should have been fi- flying when they first debuted. They were flying coach. There's no reason why they should have been flying coach. I don't know if they obviously, you know, with COVID, nobody was flying. But um, if I see them in coach again. I'm going to have a lot of questions. And, and, and the only reason why I say that is because what t- typically happens is it, it makes it a lot easier for Sasangs if you yes. have them flying coach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And once again, I mean, it's not like two by two was not selling, you know, large amounts of records <laughs> for them to afford at least a, full, a first class or business class at the very least. And yeah, that's like the funny thing. Like, even though yeah. they're obviously, you know, nobody's BTS level, but like they, it's, it's nothing to scoff at. Like they do a pretty decent for like yeah. artists in 2021. I mean, it's hard for artists to sell a hundred thousand. So that's pretty decent. So at the very least they can afford, like you said, they can afford to fly first class. Come on now. Yeah, I agree. But, but yes. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> What's next? I don't know. Um, 
A North Korean news website is reporting that K-pop idols in South Korea are being treated like slaves by large companies and living a miserable life. Um, this is from the propaganda website Arirang Miari, which on March 13th updated its news section with a report about Korean youth singers owned by big companies forced to live miserably. And they basically said that the companies separate the singers from the outside world and put them through harsh training, allowing them to sleep only two, hour, two or three hours a day. They suffer inhumane humiliations and treatments, the report claims. Young female singers are even forced to sexually please politicians and industrialists. Many youth singers suffer mental and physical pains and are in a living prison. Some of them even took their own lives, leaving suicide notes saying it was hard to go on like this. The report claimed that Southwestern, I'm sorry, South Korean and Western news outlets also condemned the large entertainment companies because the singers have been living under incarceration forced by, forced by unbelievably unfair contracts. Basically, you know, you've got North Korea saying to South Korea that you treat your teenagers and your young kids like slaves, letting them become idols. And you have North Korea, of all places, saying this, who have their own slaves, by the way. The crazy I have thing to about say it. That, <laughs> sorry. Girl, the fact that we both have something to say about I this know. like at the same time. I just, my thing is really quick. I was just going to say, yeah. you lost me at propaganda. Uh, the, the moment you said it came propaganda website. Yeah. I, 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 I it's 2021 and they out here flying propaganda pamphlets like it's 1942. Okay, sorry. Continue. Hmm. I was going to say, the crazy thing is they didn't tell a lie. But it kind of feels like you should disagree with them anyways, like because it's North Korea. Like, I don't know if I'm the only person who feels like that, because the things that they said are actual factual things that you that are true about K-pop. Because it's about intent, right? It's about intent, right? It reminds me of the conversation people were having about apparently recently, um, the leader of the CCP. I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but he was like making some. Um, he made some remarks about like the West having a history with like colonization and stuff like that. And, and people were like, yeah, but also like the Uyghurs <laughs> also yeah. Africa, like all, yeah. all of it, like, uh, like also um, Tiananmen square. Yeah. The great leap for it. Do we have to like, it's all about like the message can be there, but the messenger is also important and and their intent because they're saying these things to deflect off of their own. Well, I can't say specifically with North Korea, but like in China's case, they're saying these things to deflect off of their own issues and their own things that they're putting their people through so that they can justify their own, you know, colonization and their own um, imperialist attitude with North Korea. I really feel like they're just trying to find anything to, they have a history of just saying out of the pocket, off the, you know, out <laughs> of pocket true. stuff. You know, they have a history of tall, you know, I think just recently, um, the, the lead, Kim Jong Un's sister or something like that came out and was like, oh, yeah, the US better watch out. <laughs> <'Cause> we- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember, I remember because then somebody like I I think I mentioned this to Jimin before, but like somebody had like a uh, Jewel Santana um cap like from his music video when he had like uh the American flag bandana and like a jean jacket with American flag on it and he had like all these flags wrapped on his fingers and they're like oh we're not scared and then somebody was like um or I think it was like we're not scared or you don't want the smoke right in in sort of like um contrasting that and then somebody was like no we're really not like our but the budget of the New York the NYPD is like the same as the the budget North for the whole Korean. North Korean army. Oh, and then he corrected right. himself. He said it's actually larger, almost twice the size. So and even if, even if you were like, I feel like the biggest thing that you could possibly fear when it comes to North Korea is more so their allies because yeah. their allies actually have resources that could plunge us into a you know nuclear apocalypse yeah um if we were to ever get into something like that we probably should not be talking about this we're gonna get hit up by the cia pretty soon <laughs> but i just have to say that it is just very yeah. funny to me because you know that they're doing it with a motive they don't yeah. actually care about these idols they just no. care about being right and yeah. you know sticking it to south korea like oh you decided to uh side with the traders and you decided to be a trader and that's really kind of what it is and this is the result basically yeah um it reminds me of like, feel... oh sorry 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 no i was just gonna quickly say it's like it's all it reminds me of um there's definitely like don't get me wrong there's like a conversation to be had about capitalism and mm -hmm. how it can breed toxic competitive horrible environments like what's happening in the idol system um and sort of i i hesitate to call it with strong wording but it can breed environments where uh, individuals are being taken advantage of financially right. physically emotionally but i just don't know that if you operate an authoritarian regime regardless of whether it's capitalist or communist um or you know socialist i don't think you have the right to speak on it because you literally run you literally your whole situation and your whole system is fascist so it's like can you really talk but sorry go on um i oh i was gonna say that i think like i when i went to the dmz um, it was very clear that North Korea, I don't know if now, like, I, I assume that they had gotten over, you know, I, I know it's kind of silly to say, but I thought they had gotten over this whole thing. It was kind of like trying to live their best lives, but it was really clear that they were super obsessed with like invading South Korea and like taking over and being this unified Korea. Because I mean, like the things that they did, like barreling underground to get to Seoul and like all these other things, like it's kind of crazy. Like now, in, like now that we're in like 2000 and when I went to them there, it was like 2019. But now, we're, I mean, even talking about in 2021, like it's insane to think about all the work and planning and everything that goes into something like that. Right. And, and like the pathology that kind of goes into that as well. Right. And then like just some like light reading, I say, <laughs> um, it, it kind of comes across like, North Korea kind of feels like they're the true Korea because they still like 100% they're not they're not so americanized like South Korea has become, right? Mhm. Mm and so 
I think that there might even be like a sort of patriarchal kind of look at it too. Like we have to save them from their overlords, you know, and bring them back into into the Koreanness of it all. Well, there's know? something to be said for the fact that like if you if you think about even the names of the countries, it kind of indicates that sort of divide. Whereas like South Korea is Dehaminguk and um that really doesn't have like that that means like the Republic of South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you look at the name of North Korea, they go by Joseon and that's in the name. And Joseon, as we know, is um the ancient it was an it, it was an era in I, an era in Korean history. I, yeah. I I'm trying to frame this in a way that makes sense because at one point we all know like Korea was just one. It wasn't split so mm-hmm. yeah i i think that that all kind of plays a part in it if that makes sense i i think yeah. that sounds that it sounds like small but it's like a big thing in in the same sense but well i think I, that I don't know. it it kind of because that was like the last great empire of korea before the japanese occupation it right yeah, it would it's very symbolic for you to use exactly. that there you name. go that's like the yeah. word it's very yeah. symbolic whereas um i just i think that there's there might be a feeling that like south korea kind of lost that if that makes sense. Oh, this is a touchy subject, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I I think that there's definitely a case to be made there for what you're saying. And like, you know, North Korea feels like the real, like they, they, they feel at least like the um, leadership feels like North Korea is the real Korea. I can't speak for the people on the ground level because yeah. only people I've ever heard from, from North Korea are all defectors and have only bad things to say. So I can't, you know what I mean? I can't, speak or what the actual citizens think so (laughs) i remember one time um where i used to work we used to do like international things and i had like i was going by the names of the country right and you know like north korea is like the democratic people's republic of korea right so Mm -hmm. i thought that was south korea because i was like oh it's democratic right (laughs) that <laughs> have you noticed that the most undemocratic countries almost <laughs> always have democratic in their names <laughs> i was just like so i'm like typing away and then like so it was like uh i don't think that's the name of that country i was like what <laughs> but it's democratic south korea is the democratic one right no i found out that day that they're just the republic of korea so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and republic is is an app name that's exactly yeah. what it is exactly so (laughs) girl that's funny though what what okay i shouldn't say it's funny it's they're pointing out real stuff but the fact that it's them pointing out is kind of funny but um what's next ash okay we have the boys and the boys member kevin who apparently likes to use african-american vernacular you know what? I have to say, I don't know f- for what purpose or to what end he was using this because for reference, this is what he said. I'm going to attempt to <laughs> read what he said because I, I really don't know how to pronounce some of these words. He yeah. said, uh, Slate tricked, eliminated, eliminated, 
eliminated pop off queen and i think the eliminated part has something to do with beyonce's lemonade because apparently he's a beyonce stan kevin i also believe is from canada like through and through full maple syrup uh hockey tim hortons and poutine so all of the things yes (laughs) (laughs) nat you didn't have to call me out i didn't mean to make a mockery of your culture um, it's okay. <laughs> I was just trying to prove a point that he is. Yes. It's kind of like a ball eagle. It, you know, what if I talk about American person, I talk about ball eagle, hot dogs, and baseball, right? Like that, that's <laughs> what I. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like he's not, you know, socialized in the same way as uh, native Koreans are, or people Koreans who are born in Korean Korea, or people who are raised in Korea. I don't know if he was born there or not. Um, so it's just kind of, on the one hand, it's like very cringy and kind of funny because it's cringy and because I don't really understand what he was trying to say. And I don't know, I'm, I don't know if this is because Beyonce won all of those awards or whatever, because this was posted March 15th, um, at midnight, which would be what, like the day after the Grammys? Yes. I believe something like that and he is a Beyonce stan from what I've heard so I don't know if he was trying to kind of like play into that he gave absolutely no context if he was in his stance I'm trying to look through the uh comments or anything and I don't see any context at all as to why he said this um so I don't know on the one hand it's like you definitely feel like what are you doing and on the other end, you feel like this is a bastardization of African-American vernacular English that we've been trying to tell people to stop doing. So I don't want to be like that person who's like being really hard on him for this, um, because I do think that people can like I do think that people can in- engage with the culture respectfully. I just don't know what his goal was. Does that make sense? Yes. So he did mm-hmm. actually put out a response basically oh. saying thank you for everybody in, in the fan cafe, I think, who, um, you know, basically took the time out to educate instead of adding fuel to the fire. You know, this is something that um, I'm apparently... It's he claims uh, this is not something that's easy to give up or given the fact that it's something he grew up with. Um, Girl, hold up. Let me do some Googles real quick. (laughs) Which is weird because he can't do it right. But also um, K-pop. There's a K-pop AAVE struggle tweets Twitter, which is fantastic because they have been documenting uh, Kevin's use of AAVE over time. I so feel it like says he was born in Guangzhou, but he was yeah. raised in Canada around the Coquitlam area. Oh, what? And he graduated from Barnaby Mountain Secondary School okay, and briefly so... attended the University of British Columbia. Um. Okay, so he's not even from like where all the blacks are. So that's even stranger. So that, okay. that is perplexing. <laughs> Come on now, Kevin. What do you mean? This is not your culture. I'm looking at Coquitlam right now. It don't look like a single non-white person lives in this area. He was probably the blackest person that lived in this area. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I, I said, like, he, if he said he was from, like, Jana Finch in Toronto, I'd be like, okay, I can get it. But he's from, <laughs> oh, my God. There are no listen, people. Yes. listen to this. This is the population of, here's the Canadian census from 2016 in this area, the demographics. It mm-hmm. says right here on this page, um, 21% Chinese. And 1.1% black. (laughs) 1.1 friends. Yeah, I feel 47.6% European. So I'm trying to figure out where the black people are that he grew up around. And if you, girl, continue. I'm sorry. I just had to, you know, I had to do the Googles on that one. That one seemed a little too good to be true for me. Yeah. 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 Um, I was looking at some of his tweets on the boys page, and it's like, he was listening to um, the uh, a, a rap song. I can't remember who the name is. Uh, Epic High song, Rosario featuring CL and Zico. And he wrote like, this slaps different. And and what? it's like, no, they <laughs> ch- ch- cheetah. So, or cheetah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but also I'm looking at some of these tweets and it's like, I, I will admit that I have also seen in my recent descent into God Seven a lot of um, struggle AAV tweets as well. Um, I think it's just something that people assume is internet culture and not its own living, breathing, totally agree um, dialect. Dialect, yeah. So. I don't I've know. had actually many a white person um, argue with me and say, uh, that's just uh, Stan Twitter talk. That's just or the the the, the deepest they will go um, if you try to educate them is they'll they'll probably agree that maybe it has some ties to the LGBTQ community, but they will literally never talk about how it's specifically the black LGBTQ community. So yeah they won't go that far uh they just would rather believe that it's just some 14 year olds making up all this cool and innovative slang um and not even a lot of it's not even slang it's just actual speech patterns that like black people have um and you can't make this up it's just real speech patterns that you that have you know linguists have done research on so very strange to me because you don't see me. <laughs> Can you imagine if like one day Nat just came on the show and she started talking in a Degu accent like <laughs> <laughs> for no reason, like for no reason. <laughs> I'm just I'm also reading these like struggle tweets and it's like I here's the thing. This man went sometimes, to university. Sometimes, you know, People you pick up in you pick up languages from other people. And it's not always the right way to learn a language, but it might be all that you have access to. And I totally understand that. But like you can't put But that's totally different if you if that's all you yeah. have access to. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like these feel like like you literally just saw somebody say chow on the internet and you feel like you need to use it now. Like this is not the way you speak at home. This is not the way right. you speak. I think with that's your what friends. it is. Yeah. It's like, it's not like, I, I think that's why, like, sometimes with AV, it can be like a little bit, you know, um, what's the word? Like, v- 
unclear to me on how to um, go about like, uh, you know, admonishing people if they if they make a, a bastardization yeah. of it, because it's like. On the one hand, I there are people who genuinely like believe that it's stan Twitter language, so to speak, and yes. they just kind of pick up what they hear on the internet and they don't do research on it. And I can understand in those situations you might not. But this man's went to the University of British Columbia, which I'm reading here, the university ranks in the, among the top three universities in Canada. Um so he went to the Harvard of Canada. <laughs> I I don't know what the excuses would be in this situation because it's like you did not grow up around it. You are also smart enough to know that like how you see it being how you, you see these things being used on the internet. People don't usually talk like that. At the very least, I have to say that like I've never met a non-black person that uses AAVE in real life that did not also grow up in a black community. Like I just have never seen that before. Like I've only ever really seen it on the internet. I, or if I have seen it, it wasn't, it's not enough, enough times for me to like, you know, remember it like that. Does that make sense? So yeah. like, I don't know. I'm not going to get too on him about this because did you finish his apology letter or his, his letter addressing I mean, it or whatever? Did he say it was else? kind of cut off? Like it was a screenshot of it. So it wasn't not like the best. Okay. So maybe I'm going to try this slave trick eliminated pop off queen is that what i was trying to say it is that i, I don't like exactly <laughs> see i can't decipher this and and the funny thing is his fans didn't even really know what he was saying <laughs> i think that makes it funnier because they were like fool what are you saying but I mean, somebody said what does eliminated mean and apparently yeah. it's it, it, somebody one of his stands said I'm pretty sure he just did a pun because Beyonce has a bottom, um, an album called Lemonade so Lemon is part of her brand I guess what? Uh, I wouldn't consider Lemons a part of Beyonce's brand but sure um, yeah okay. like I think he I think he was trying to refer to Beyonce Mm. Which is fine. She's a queen, but um, but he's trying to do it better. But why did he put put it? Yeah, he put it in like yeah. past tense, like slayed, yeah. tricked. Yeah. What does trick mean? And that because oh, when I think of trick, you don't want to know what I think. I don't. It's nothing good. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> this the is a funny like, situation, though. Yeah, yeah. I, we should title this episode "Eliminate." <laughs> <laughs> Slate trick eliminated. <laughs> That's it. We found the episode like, title. Slate trick eliminated child pop off ASF. That's what this episode should be called. Ash, <laughs> go ahead and, and flag that. We've got the title. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Well, and I, what's next, Ash? Anything else you guys want to add? Well, we could just do shout outs. Um, yeah. Okay. Shout outs. So shout outs to. Uh, I'm about to say shout out to. S- yes. Yes. Oh, what yes. else? Oh, I. You want to go? Oh, you can go. I was gonna say shout out to Subin from Tomorrow by Together for literally being a young prince. He he's leveling up every day, becoming a grown man, more and more of a grown man every day because he's already grown. He's twenty. Um, and he's very handsome and he's also tall. So shout out to Chai Anu for his lace front. Um, 
I probably shouldn't just say that he got a lace front without substantiating that claim, but I'm pretty sure he got a lace front. So his lace front looks really good on him, though, or his real hair. We don't know. But it looks really good on him. And he's very handsome, even though people say that he has dead eyes. A lot of people say that. Uh, I have to do more research to know. Um, shout outs to the listeners for, I mean, we had the live stream on Sunday. You guys showed up. We really appreciate you. Um, the patrons who showed up, shout out to you guys. Um, what else did I want to say? I want to shout out some more idols too, actually. I would shout out a particular group, but that will be against everything that I am. I stand for. So I guess I can't do that. Shout out to shiny Taman for exposing his manager every single day. We love it uh, for just being a cutie patootie. Um, and I think that's it. I don't do any of the idols deserve shout outs. Oh, and shout outs to um, um, Mickey Guyton. She is a country singer um check her out get into her yeah any idols though ash nat did i miss any idols i mean i'm gonna shout some people out i don't know if they're deserving of it but i'm gonna do it anyways Uh, okay i'll tell you (laughs) shout out to bam bam who just put out a video showing literally the I would say thousands of dollars of gifts that he got from fans for signing with Abyss. Like this man's not even like already a multimillionaire, you know, but okay. Uh, I mean, he was genuinely very happy and pleased with it. And I love me some Bam Bam. So I was happy with it as well too. But I just feel like the money could go other places. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to JB for being fine. Shout out to Mark for okay. um no <laughs> that's my first objection i figured it would be um i'm gonna power through anyways so shout out for, to mark for his new line his clothing line it's a temporary thing whatever i had to stop myself from buying something yeah it's a problem the stuff is cute it looks like it's real sturdy that's really what i care about i like when things are actually made properly and these look to be very very much made quite properly so uh yeah excuse what it's called uh shout out to jackson because he actually has a song out that i like go figure uh <laughs> shout out to young jay for his smile shout this could have been a lot shorter if she just said shout out to god seven but well you know i have to hype them up individually yeah they're, they're so no i appreciate out. it i like hearing what they're doing so yeah. Uh, and um, I mean, Jinyoung's acting. He's doing whatever he's doing. I watch. He's psychometric. <laughs> he's whatever. He's doing. <laughs> I'm still not pleased with how that, that drama ended. So that's why my reaction is like that. And Yu-Gi-Oh! Who knows what Yu-Gi-Oh! is doing at this point? That man is just he's actually him and Jinyoung have switched places. Jinyoung is like all like I mean, he's not all over social media, but he's a lot more active than he used to be. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! is like a ghost. He's just probably doing hood rat things with his hood rat friends. <laughs> he said he listens to every day. Okay. So you know that's what his life is about. Okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> when you next time you contact Yu Gi Oh, ask him, uh, <laughs> ask him to ask Cha Anu where yes. he gets his lace fun. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I need to I need to leave that man alone. <laughs> 
if he has a lace front, I mean, it's pretty nice. I, I know. Like, I feel like Korean wigs are not that great. So, um, yeah, they, they definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyways, shout out to us. Shout out to the listeners. Thank you for coming here and listening to this mess every two weeks and more. If you join our Patreon, shout out to our patrons. We're trying to put as much content as we can up there because we enjoy it and we want to give you um, content that you enjoy. You can join our Patreon for $3 a month. Um, and it's all the information is linked on our SoundCloud. You know, you're definitely going to yeah. have a good time. We take requests. We take any information you want to give us. We're willing to um, talk about it and make an episode about it and, you know, kind of like roll with it. So I definitely we do album it. reviews. Yes. We do um, conversations about the intersection between Black and Korean culture, particularly in the K-pop context. We do. We're getting into video essays, hmm, which I know is something we've been saying for a while, but actually is we've been able to uh, move forward with this process. So really, be on the lookout for that. Maybe we'll tease it a little bit. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. so. I'm telling you guys, if you have it, if you have $3 a month to spare, definitely come join the fam. We're like a family. So definitely have a, a good legend. time. A legend. <laughs> uh, I'm Ash, just kidding. No, we definitely outs. are. <laughs> yeah, Ash, any shout outs? Stream Encore. I just wanted to say that. Shout outs to Final Space, which season three is oh. coming, <gasps> and Mooncake. Is it? Is it? Yes. Oh, so excited. Shout out to my, my baby mooncake. We love mooncake. him. He's so squishy. He's so cute. Uh, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> Every time we say Ash, we start talking. Sorry, Ash. Um, I can't really think of anybody this week that I want to give shout outs to. No. No okay, one for cool. this week. Just a quick anti shout out. Um, to Dong Hae for those braids in his hair. Um, he's a member <laughs> of Super Junior. Um, not only are they ugly, but he doesn't even have the head shape for it, so it looks even worse than I think he would have just on anybody else. But yeah, anti shout out. <laughs> anti shout out to Show Me the Money for making me listen to this man say. <laughs> I watch another grown man in the industry go, "Wow!" Like uh, what? <laughs> but anyways, no, we got to get out because we're gonna get. Started yeah, we gotta go because I'm tired. <laughs> it is like I got nothing to do tomorrow, but I'm still tired. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like that was the end of another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. You can find us on anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Podchaser. Yeah, most of the most, most podcasts, like things you can find this on. So if you like to drop us a line, tell us how we've been doing, give us some suggestions. Um, tell us how much you like us, how much you hate us. You can uh, write us at donyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. Um, we are also at um, Twitter at nyanetizens. 
and Instagram and not your average netizens and YouTube and not your average netizens. Uh, and I believe that's that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.